everyone, welcome to the College Football Rundown. I'm Walt. And I'm Walt. Welcome back uh, for another week of COVID season football. Uh, we're getting closer to the mark wall to get Big Ten in here and Pac-12 soon enough, but uh, hopefully we get those coming in here soon so I can uh, I can start beating Story because he's just on a, a roll right now in our DraftKings League. It's his th- third win in a row. Uh, he had a couple good guys here. Anthony Schwartz, wide receiver from Auburn, at 141 per point. Uh, and then he had Kadarius Toney, while the wide receiver from Florida, who was marked as a running back. Uh, he got 237 per point, and we talked about that last week. And I got another one in a game later today where uh, they mix that up again, so you'll be able to get a wide receiver running back spot. But I'll go over that later. we got five people that have played five games so far this year in the league, and Story is now leading uh, with our little swag contest we got going on with a 2.8 placement average, uh, winning three times in a row. Now. I think he finished fifth in the first week and last place in the second week, and then he's just gone on a spree. Apparently didn't like that last place there, Wall. <laughs> he's hacking the system, Wall. This guy's cheating. I'm going to catch him, and we're going to kick him out of this thing because there's no way anybody should be doing that well. All right, well, let's start off some game. Number 14, BYU is 4-0 at Houston, 1-0. Just played their first game last week. That's on Friday at 8:30 p.m. on ESPN. They'll be on. Uh, they'll be in a two-game slate, I think, on Friday with uh, SMU and Tulane uh, in DraftKings. That'll be our first Friday game we talk about here. Woj BYU sitting at a minus five right now, over under a 62 and a half on the money line. BYU's minus 200. This uh, spread is moving, man. It's it was minus 150 BYU on the money line. BYU is at minus. Three at one point. I wanted to get them. I didn't. That was my mistake. I'm kicking myself. I did get them at minus four. Look for this thing to keep moving. I'm not sure which way, but it's got a lot of momentum to it. BYU, one of four teams seen at 4-0. You know the other three, Woj? SMU, Clemson, and Liberty? Liberty. Yes, Liberty. The mighty flames. 4-0, you know, those are the only four teams might have a little something to do with the SEC not playing four games yet because there'd probably be one or two of them in there. But, again, those are the only four teams sitting 4-0. I'm just trying to find some consistency here. You know, it's hard to come by this year, really inconsistent year for teams all across the board. Anyone who watched that BYU last game, you know, they might question that consistency that I'm talking about because they did look like they were a different team. I don't entirely disagree with that, but they came through with the win. You know, University of Texas, San Antonio – not as bad of a ball team as people portray them to be. Give them a little bit more respect. That should up BYU's credit from that last game. Zach Wilson, QB1 over there for BYU, he hit the 1,000-passing-yard mark, fastest BYU quarterback ever to do that in only 73 attempts. Yeah, I mean, he's a good guy and a good quarterback. And not only passing, he can run the ball too. He's good for DraftKings in that sense. He's passing it well, and he can run some touchdowns in too. So, I mean, look for him. He's the most expensive running back in that slate. But in most of these two-game slates, you're not going to use your max money uh, typically if, you, if you're really looking into it and deep diving into it. Um, but Zach Wilson is 8K. Uh, a good pick for this weekend, I think. I think this game's going to go go over, in my mind, of the 62.5. I think these are both good teams, and I don't think people quite understand what Houston has got going on over there. But they are a very offensive-minded team, so. Yeah, yeah you put somebody at QB1, go ahead, put Wilson there, especially for that two games late you were talking about, Woj. But you know, this is going to be the first BYU test they really have, other than Navy, who's kind of having a down year. You might not even call that game a test that they played. The Army game, that would have been a test for them, but it was postponed due to COVID, which 
we're saying way too much, Roach, but it is what it is, as they say. Houston, not a team we know much about. You know, played Tulane last week. Another inaccurate picture people paint is that Houston crushed them. They they did not. Let me tell you right now, they were losing the entire first half. They didn't take the lead until halfway through the third. We're down as, by as many as three touchdowns at one point. They got that big kickoff return for a touchdown that sparked them. You know, they went out for two more scores, ended up winning the game 49-31. You got these Johnny bandwagons. Look at the score. Oh, they smoked them. It didn't happen. Well, it just didn't happen, you know. It wasn't a great game by Houston, but it's their only one. We don't have a lot to judge them by. I just like BYU, you know, in this game. I like them a lot better, giving them the four points I got them at, and especially the three it opened at. Sitting now at five, I'd probably still take it. That money line, I was going to take it before at minus 150, but at minus 200 right now, that's a little too tough for me. You know, others that are disagreeing with me and liking Houston, you know, probably a good idea to take the points. The money line's really not been a good value at all. It's started at plus 123, and now it's sitting at, plus 155, which, you know, if that's the case, just take the points. It's, it's over a field goal. Uh, yeah, well, you talked about them being down two last week, and I think that might have just been, you know, first game jitters. Uh, Clayton Toon, the quarterback for Houston, uh, obviously replacing Derek King, uh, who went to Miami, but he's only 7,400 this week. Uh, he's the second highest expensive quarterback, but, I mean, it's a big gap there between the 8,000 for Zach Wilson and 7,400 for him. But he struggled early. Uh, I think the second pass of the game threw a pick six. Then they got down to the goal line, and he fumbled the ball. Um, so the thing is, like, after that, after they got going, especially in the second half, they tore it up. Uh, he went 20 for 33 throughout the whole night, got 319 yards. So he got the extra three points in DraftKings for passing over 300 yards. Uh, he got two TDs in the air, and he got one on the ground. And again, like I told you, he, he fumbled it, which would have been a second on the ground. So another one of those guys that can do both run and pass. So this, if you're playing the slate, I know Boucher's in the slate from SMU, but I really like this game. I really like both of these quarterbacks. I think it's a good pick to pick Toon and uh, Wilson as uh, your uh, as your. I, we almost double stack again, Wall. Uh, we can we can say it here. You're doing the double double stack. It's it's happening again. Uh, another guy to look at is Dax Milan from BYU's wide receiver at 5700. He's not the most expensive wide receiver for BYU either. Romney's at 7K, uh, but Romney has. Or Mimes had more targets and receptions in every game this year than Romney, so I'm really not sure what happened there and why he's that much more expensive. Romney's at 6,800, and uh, Mimes is only at 5,700. So I mean that's a that's a good pickup there. Another one uh, on Houston side is Keith Corbin, the wide receiver from Houston, who's at 4,600. Um, it's hard to pick someone, I guess, after just one game because you haven't really seen much, but. He had as many targets as the the most expensive wide receiver, by the way, in the slate, uh, Marquis Stevenson from Houston at 7,700. Uh, had the most, had the same amount of targets. I think it was seven, but he had one last catch. I think which was four, and Stevenson had five. Uh, but uh, just look at that price difference: 7,700 to 4,600. They both had the same amount of targets. Uh, Houston did pass it to seven different receivers, though, so keep that in mind. But in some of these two-game slates, you got to pick somebody from every team. And I think Corbin did pretty decent with at least seven targets. They like to pass the ball a lot, obviously. So, uh, And Stevenson is just way too much money uh, in a two-game slate, especially for that production, the same production almost Corbin gave you. So uh, I think 4,600 is reasonable, especially in a two-game slate. I like him, especially the fact that you're saving a little bit of money there. You can pick up both of those quarterbacks, and you're just – 
you know, you're double dipping there. You're you're doing the double double stack. So another wall game we got wall number eight Cincinnati, another undefeated three and zero at uh, Tulsa one and zero or one and one, excuse me, eleven a.m. on ESPN two. I'm looking forward to this game, Woj. Cincinnati, a team I definitely like to watch. They're sitting at minus three and a half right now in the spread over under in this game of 45 and a half. That might be a rough one for you, but Tulsa plus 135. You know, Tulsa coming off a big win last week against UCF, 34 to 26. They also played Oklahoma State pretty tight. If you remember Oklahoma State's first game, 16 to 7 was the score. And I mean, they were really in that game the whole time until Oklahoma State finally took it away at the end. You know, Cincinnati's wins come against Austin, PA, Army, USF. That, that's a respectable schedule right there. Cincinnati is averaging 35 points a game. Tulsa, 20 and a half in their two games they played. Why is this over-under sitting at 45 and a half? Well, let me tell you, last year this game total was set at 47. It hit the under at 37. I mean, that's 10-point difference. That's a big, big difference in the bookies eyes Cincinnati had the ball 61% of the time against USF last game that's another reason why time of possession we've talked about it before we'll keep talking about this year but whoever has the ball they're going to be content chewing up the clock if this game remains close what does that account for it accounts for a very low scoring game that 45 and a half point spread that's why it's there yeah tough game for DFS isn't it well at that, that kind of numbers and, <laughs> I, only imagine, I mean the yeah. Yeah, the big thing is, is I mean, these are running teams. So, I mean, you just you said it. Tulsa held Oklahoma State, who's an offensive-minded team, by the way, to 16 points. Um, and I mean, that's just from holding on to the ball, time of possession. So when you have two teams like that, it just gets tough. I mean, Jared Dokes, the running back from Cincinnati, who's 7K, uh, he's a good running back, but I'm not going to spend 7K on a guy that might get two touchdowns or one touchdown and that's going to be it for the day uh, that'll just be kind of where the score is they're just going to draw out the clock and just run it every other down and get those three or four yards and i mean i i, I get that game style just for dfs it's just not going to work now for a game that will work in dfs i got old miss who's one and two at arkansas one and two 230 on espn2 uh, by the way arkansas i think just beat their won their first sec game i, I think in two years <laughs> Whoa, they're turning around that ship baby they're turning it around <laughs> this game though arkansas plus two i mean last year like you said they had not been winning sec games last year you would have seen this game a lot higher than plus two let me tell you you're probably looking plus seven maybe even plus ten over under in this game specifically 77 and a half that's a lot of points that's what we're just talking about a dfs dream right here you know these are two football teams trying to make a name for themselves Woj. Arkansas this year, their losses come to Georgia and Auburn, and they won against Mississippi State. Ole Miss, Ole Miss, their losses come to Florida and Bama. They beat Kentucky by one in that overtime game. I did not like that game, Woj. You know, that's a game they were losing until the fourth quarter. Took some of my money on that one, too. I was wanting Kentucky to win. But Ole Miss easily could be without a win. Arkansas could slash should be with only one loss. You see that botched call on Nick's last week Woj? yeah that was pretty botched it was pretty bad they made the wrong call you know the wrong team won because of it it's unfortunate but that'll happen you know but that, that leads me to my point that arkansas could be with only one loss right now Ole miss coach lane kiffin he's again bringing an offensive focused agenda to his team he generally does that whatever team he's coaching the rebels averaging 41.7 points per game the problem though is being the problem being that they're on 
giving up 51.7 points per game. Well, I'm licking my chops <laughs> off those numbers, Wall. Yeah, you're licking your chops. Lane Kiffin's not, though, because you can't lose by 10 points every game on average. It just doesn't work. You know That ranks them dead last in the NCAA, not just in the SEC, and points given up per game. It's not good. They've played co- tough competition, which I'll give them that, but it's still not justifiable to be on the bottom like that. Arkansas, though, a team averaging 19.7 points per game, they're also giving up a lot more points than they're getting. They're giving up 27. Not as high of a range you know, as Ole Miss, but they're giving up more points than they're scoring. That's not good. This game, two very experienced quarterbacks in Correll and Franks. Franks having a bit more experience. You know, It's his fourth year calling the shots back there. Lots of people that follow the show and know me, they're going to be a little surprised here, Woj. I'm going to take the points with the home dog. I'm going to jump on Arkansas. That's what I'm going to do Ooh. in this one. Yeah, I know. It's going to it's gonna throw some people. But, you know, if I can't get three or more, I'll likely spread a little bit on the money line too. If I do get three or more, probably all on the spread. But also in this game, the under is a little bit enticing to me. You know, my main focus in this one is going to be the uh, spread on Arkansas plus two right now. Yeah, this is an exciting game. Um, looking forward to it. I'm not really going to go in depth on both Matt Carroll or Felipe Franks. I'll just let you know that Carroll is the second most expensive quarterback at 8,800 and Felipe Franks is 7,200. Uh, Franks doesn't pass it as much, but that doesn't mean he can't score points. And Arkansas is going to score points against Old Miss in this. So he's not a bad pickup at 7,200. Probably a decent 50-50 play because I think he can get to at least value. I'm just not sure how big his ceiling is. Matt Carroll's ceiling is, is quite high, as we can see that. It's a Lane Kiffin offense. So, But I'm going to go into some more of the wide receivers, the guys catching the ball. Elijah Moore, the wide receiver from Old Miss, he's 8K. Most expensive wide receiver on DK this week. Seems way too expensive to me. 227 yards on 10 grabs in Game 1, then failed to get 100 yards in Game 2, and just went for 143 yards in Game 3. Only one TD on the year, too. He's the most expensive wide receiver on DK in this this slate. One TD this year. I don't like those numbers at all. What I do like is Kenny Yubor, or I like to call him Kenny Yaboy. All right, he's a tight end from Ole Miss, 6,300, has scored in every single game this year with two touchdowns against Alabama last year, along with his 181 yards and seven grabs. That was just against the, in the Alabama game. I like Kenny because of his name, and I just don't trust Moore at that price. I mean, I think Elijah Moore's way out of proportion here. I don't know if DraftKings is just expecting because this game's 77 and a half that he's just going to go off and score touchdowns. But Kenny, your boy, is going to do some damage this week at 6,300, and I like that tight end pick. Now on to Arkansas. I got uh, Trelon Smith, the running back from Arkansas. Bit of a dark horse here. I know it's a running back in this game, but uh, he's getting more production with Rakeem Boyd hurt. And that would be a big guy, you know, thing to take a look at. Is Boyd going to be back in? It looks like he's not going to be as in practice yet. Uh, versus Aus- Auburn last year, he had 21 attempts for 81 yards. And the big kicker here is he had six receptions for 78 yards and a TD. So he's doing both. And I really like that 6,100 mark when he's doing both things, especially in a game that's 77 and a half in the over/under. So the big thing there is just to keep an eye on Rakeem Boyd. If Rakeem Boyd's playing, do not play Trelon Smith. I don't like that at all. Now, Traylon Burks is a wide receiver from Arkansas at 4,700. Good cheap option for tournament play here. Got hurt during the Mississippi State game and didn't play versus Auburn. Week one, he had 11 targets, 
which was the most in the team when he was fully healthy. Uh, so I would look for him now that he's back and healthy to become a big impact and part of the game again. Uh, so he would just be one of those guys that obviously Franks looked to in that first game, got hurt in that Mississippi State game, unfortunately, couldn't play in the Auburn game. Now he's coming back. So maybe Franks can remember Burks in that first game and get him a bunch of targets again. But again, he'd had 11 targets. So I think the next closest was seven or six or something like that. So look for him to be a big part this week, especially at 4,700. Good tournament play there because the ceiling is very high wall. I like now, your uh, Arkansas running back, Woj, because it, if you think about it, Brett Bielema, whether he's going to be successful at it or not, is another thing. But he's going to be trying to run the ball because he's a smart coach. You're coaching against Lane Kiffin. You want to keep the ball out of Lane Kiffin's team hands. So that makes sense at that running back position for that reason. Yeah, and I like him. I, he can do both things. 6100 is fairly cheap, not going to kill your bank. Uh, if Boyd doesn't play, I feel like he gets value pretty easily. And in a game where there's supposed to be that many points scored, uh, I would I would definitely grab him and pick him up. Now on to a game that's unfortunately won't be played because this is one of those DFS games that I was ready for too. Uh, LSU who's one and two at number ten, Florida who's two and one, uh, 2:30 p.m. on ESPN. This is uh, confirmed now will not be played. It will be postponed. Uh, that is just too bad. Wall. Hey, I think this might be a planned uh, strategy if you call it from being bullied by A&M last week, Florida did not look good against A&M. They don't want to play this week. It's possible anyways against LSU. In all seriousness, I hope that their players and families are safe, but I do wonder in my head if that's the case. All right, on to my next game that was that's going to be exciting in the slate. Um, UCF, who's 2-1 and one, at Memphis, 1-1. One and one. So you got a UCF and Memphis. I mean, you just know those. there's going to be a lot of offense. 2.30 uh, p.m. on ABC wall. Hey, I'm handicapping this myself over under 120, Woj. <laughs> the book's got it, though, at 75 over under. Memphis plus three and a half. Yeah, in there's a, a slew of guys here, so I'm going to go through these a little quicker here. But you have uh, a bunch of wide receivers from UCF that I like. So your big wide receivers are Trey Nixon, Marilyn Williams, and Jalon Robinson. Now, Trey, or Trey Nixon has been hurt. Um, it looks like he'll be back, though, uh, this game from what it sounds like. Now, it isn't confirmed yet, so you need to look at it, but he's only at 5,800, and he is by far the best wide receiver on this team. And as far as DFS goes from last year, probably one of the best DFS wide receivers as of last year uh, in DraftKings. So at 5,800, he would be a steal if he was playing. Uh, and with a 75 over-under, I would pick him up immediately, but that's just something you're going to have to keep your eye on. But Trey Nixon at 5,800, huge. Uh, now let's talk about the guys that are we know are playing are Marlon Williams. Williams got in, injured during the Tulsa game two weeks ago. Uh, had an extra week to get healthy, and it looks like he's he's back and good to go. Williams by far the best receiver other than Trey Nixon. Um, he gets the most touches and targets with 32% of both uh, in every single game he's played in so far, in all three actually. Uh, does come in a premium cost, though, at 7,600 wall. Hey, pay it, Woj. Pay it. Let me tell you, this kid scores points. Had him on my DK team playing against Tulsa. Problem being, scoring, scoring, scoring. Boom. Got hurt. Crushed my hopes and dreams that week at DK, but he'll be on my roster again. All right. All right. Jalen Robinson is the other wide receiver from UCF I want to talk about. It's 6,400. He's 1,200 cheaper. Uh, this might be the better play for tournaments be just because of the cheaper option and can have a higher ceiling. Uh, Robinson caught 
six, nine, and three passes in the first three games compared to Williams' 10, 13, and nine, so obviously not getting the amount of uh, targets as Williams is getting, but uh, could be a nice filler if you just need that extra cap space to fill in somewhere else. Um, as a side note, all four of UCF's wide receivers, including Trey Nixon, who played in that first game and got hurt, all have two TDs. Uh, so it's not like one is getting in the end zone more than in the others. Now to the real key and kicker in this game is Dylan Gabriel, a quarterback for UCF at 8,500. Expensive, but this game is set up for Gabriel Wall. Uh, Memphis has done well versus the run, but they have not done anything against the pass. They are allowing just people to pass all over the top of them. Uh, really good on the run, though. They've only allowed 100 rushing yards this season in two games, so that's pretty good. Uh, I would expect Gabriel to get at least 33 points in this game. And this is minimum. This is the minimum amount of thinking. So 350 yards passing, so he gets the extra three for a 300-yard game, and then 14 yards for the rest of the yards. Gets four TDs in the air. That's 16 points. It's 33 points right there. Well, and I think that's minimum. He could go well over that. Um, because he's at least thrown 400 yards passing in two of the three games so far this season, and I'm only giving him 350. So uh, I would look, I would look for him to go above that and and get some good value even at 8,500. On the other side of the matchup, I really like Demonte Koki, the wide receiver from Memphis at 6,100. He's not the most expensive wide receiver from Memphis. Shane, Shane Dyke, Dykes is uh, at 7,300. That's a big difference there, but. The thing about this is is uh, he's had the same amount of receptions as Dykes, if not more, and more targets in both of the games this season. So I'm just not seeing why Coxie is so much cheaper than Dykes, but uh, I, I really like Coxie, especially with even getting more targets than Dykes into this matchup, especially at 6,100 compared to the 7,300 Dykes is at. As a team, Oge, I, I really like UCF. I like to follow their story. They in the past they've not played many great teams or even good teams at that. They were not as good as they are now. That was probably part of the reason. But in 2017 they had undefeated season, which I'm sure you remember that. They even beat Auburn in the Peach Bowl. You remember when they claimed themselves national champions? Yeah, I do. Yeah, <laughs> they were. The, they claimed they were excited national. that year. They sure were. They were undefeated. I guess they had a right to do it. They were completely wrong. They weren't the national champions. But the administration at UCF quickly realizing that they need to put some teams on the schedule. They've done that over the past few years, so we've gotten to see UCF play some teams. They're also getting help from the improved American Conference as of late, really getting some good teams in there, some solid programs. On this game specifically, where am I at? I'm looking at the home dog, plus three and a half, getting the hook. You know, that eases the burden of a last-minute field goal or something like that happening. Memphis, with the points, really no other reason than taking a dog in this one, Woj. I'll probably put a little bit on the money line. As it sits right now, it's plus 130. Probably not a whole lot, though. Most of it will go on the spread. College football underdogs, they straight up win one of every five. That's probably why I'll put a little on the money line. But no risk, no reward. That's how it goes, Woj. Hey, hey, I like it. I like those picks. It, it makes sense. Uh, on to another game. I'm just going to kind of go over quick. It's uh, Virginia 1-2 two, and two at Wake Forest. 1-2, and two, 3 p.m. in the ACC uh, network Virginia's a minus two and a half with an over under 61.5 just a couple of different options here for wide receiver and then quarterback uh, Billy Kemp the wide receiver from Virginia is 6500 uh, we took him last week at 6000 scored 25 24.5 points so we got 245 dollars per point which was good 
Uh, obviously, a little bit more this week, but here's the weird thing, Wall, which kind of blows me away. He is marked as a running back this week. I had to look back from last week and make sure that I didn't screw something up on my DraftKings roster, and I, he was marked as a running back. But no, he was marked as a wide receiver last week on DraftKings, and now this week he's marked as a running back. So this is kind of the same boat we got into with Tony last week with Florida. He would be one of those guys you could stick in your running back slot, and he is a wide receiver. So it's essentially like getting a free flex spot. Um, and at $6,500 or dollars, I mean, that's, that's a steal for me for a guy that's going to just going to get passes all day. Uh, now let's talk about the quarterbacks, Brennan Armstrong. We talked about last week, went into the game, got a concussion, had to come out. He's $7,000 this week. Uh, I still think he's a good play if he plays at 7k, but he hasn't been cleared yet and hasn't practiced. So now look at Lindell Stone, the quarterback for, who would be replacing him. He's at 6,800. He got priced up heavily by DraftKings knowing that he would be the replacement. He came in and went 30 for 54, 54 pass attempts after Armstrong got hurt for 240 yards and three TDs last week after Armstrong went down, obviously. Wake Forest defense isn't good at all in the air. Uh, so I would look at starting one of those QBs possibly this week if you need the extra cash. Lindell Stone would be a steal at 6,800. I know it was, he went 30 for 50 or 54, but they're an air raid team. and I like air raid teams, and I think he's going to be fine as long as they get him in there. He's going to throw passes. Maybe he throws a pick, but I don't care just because he's going to throw a pass every down and get some touchdowns Well. Yeah, I like Virginia in this game, which I, I don't really have a reason why. I just I like them. I Given less than a touchdown, given two and a half, much less than a touchdown, I'd take them. Yeah. Uh, well, it's on to the big game wall of Saturday night. Uh, we got number three, Georgia, who's 3-0, and and number two, Alabama, who is also 3-0. and 7 p.m. on CBS, Battle of the SEC Giants, wall. This is a big one, Woj. I mean, this is a definite national championship implications right here. You got Bama sitting at, well, as of right now, minus four over under a 56. A couple hours ago, Woj, that spread was at minus six and a half with the news that came out. I'm sure you heard it. Yeah, I think uh, Alabama's AD got COVID and uh, possibly Nick Saban as well, unfortunately. Yeah, Nick Saban tested positive for uh, COVID, so he likely will not be on the sidelines. Um, Going up against Kirby Smart, man, that's always a good matchup, Saban versus Smart. It's unfortunate we're not going to get to see it. Maybe he phones it in. Who knows? Alabama's got enough money they could put in virtual reality Nick Saban on the sideline. But this game, regardless of Saban being there or not, it's going to be a good game to watch. It really doesn't feel like that two versus three matchup, Woj. I mean, we're talking about the second best team in the nation playing the third best team in the nation. It it just doesn't have that feel. I don't know if you can pick up what I'm putting down. I pick up what you're putting down. It's just, it's weird, Uh, especially with not every conference playing. It just, it's just weird. Um, And I watched the Miami and Clemson game last week, uh, and it obviously didn't turn out as close as we, I would have liked, but it just that it just didn't I didn't feel the hype going into that and I'm hoping if I, I tune into this game and I really pay attention and try to get into it I feel it at near game time but yeah I just really haven't gotten the hype quite yet well <laughs> yeah I think you're right about the other conferences not playing we don't have the big time we don't have the Pac-12 so you know what is it we're just watching the SEC but Woj I like this game I'm gonna watch it I'm gonna be excited for it 
I was a bit surprised when this line first came out, you know, before the news of Saban dropped. I was perusing the lines on Sunday night, as I usually do. I thought Bama would be showing a bigger number right off the bat. Had to look into my computer model, see what it had to say about it. But, you know, it's right there with that five and a half, what it eventually was at. Now it's down to four because of the news. But combining those two factors together, it means I'm not putting any action on this game. Just don't have a, you know, don't have my sights set on it correctly. I'll still be watching it, you know. We don't get to see these two uh, East versus West teams match up in the SEC often unless it's the championship. Well, I got something for you in this one, though. You better write this down. Watch for George Pickens, you know. Watch for him to make a statement in this game. Okay, okay. I like what you're throwing at me there. Did you write it down, Woach? I'm, I'm writing it right now. I got it. All right, well, I don't down. want you to forget about this one. George Pickens. Here's Jackson. He's been getting the bulk of the passes. He's got 19 receptions over there. Double that at Pickens, who's at more than double, I should say, Pickens, who's at eight. But one factor, I think, is Pickens is getting double teamed a lot with a lot of bump at the line of scrimmage, bump and run coverage with a man over the top on a cover two or a cover three. But another factor, I think, maybe why Kyrus Jackson's getting so many receptions is smart is saving him for big games like this, not letting the D properly prepare with that tape. I still believe Pickens is the better receiver, and I think he might show up in this game. So make sure you put him down there, Woj. If you want a ticket on one of these two teams for the national championship, it's probably a good idea to place it now. Alabama plus 320 will probably drop sub 300 if they get a win here, likely even with Ohio State at even plus 250. We'll see what happens if that's the case. But Georgia's sitting at plus 900 right now. If they win this game, that's likely going to get cut in half. So if you are looking to put a national championship ticket on one of these two teams, do it before the game starts for sure. Yeah, I like that future bet call there, Wall, just because it is just one of those games. and um, Maybe that number on Alabama kind of squeaks up in the next couple of days with all those COVID numbers, and you could get like a 330 or a 335 uh, for national championship. Who knows? But uh, that that's good good information there, Wall. Last week, Wall, we didn't do so hot. You had Florida minus 6.5. That was lost, unfortunately. I had Texas plus 2.5. went to four overtimes. It was absolutely crazy. Couldn't squeak it out at the end, even though Ellinger, I think, played. I think he used his last bit of football energy in his body to uh, just even, like, climb onto the uh, the field <laughs> uh, at the end of that game. He looked like he was exhausted. Um, but he did well for us, scored 55.68 points, and we talked about him last week. That was $165 a point at 9,200 salary. So obviously did pretty well DraftKings-wise and carried my team for sure. Uh, this week, Wall, who are you going to take? Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with the Arkansas, the home dog, getting two points. Arkansas plus two, Woj. Taking the flippy Frank. Arkansas team. I like it. I'm going to take BYU at Houston in the over. Uh, remember, the over-under on that game was 62.5. I like taking the Friday game because I want to watch it. Um, but BYU and Houston over the 62.5 wall. Hey, Woj. We got our first over-under on the board for the Woj and Wall Pick'em. Hopefully it turns things around for us. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram's college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on, is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And this was the College Football Rundown. We're out. We're out.